Well, I greet each of you in the name of the Lord this morning, and it's a blessing to be here, to be sharing with you, see what the Lord has for us this morning. And it's good to see familiar faces. We was talking as we were coming to church this morning, we wasn't quite sure who all attends Mabel. And uh, so it's good to see those that we don't get to see very often. And we've got one visiting here this morning we see pretty often, Brother Jeff. <clears throat> so we're here this morning to bring honor and glory to God, to glorify His name. And in the message this morning, I want the message this morning to glorify God. And as we think of the situations around us today and uh, the things that are going on in the world, and you know, how does it affect us? How do we view it? What is, what's going through our minds as we uh, see the, the way the world is going today? And, and I think all of us here this morning would say the world is a, is a chaotic world right now. And so, the message that I felt led to share here this morning is one I have shared at Raleigh, so I, I do ask Jeff, if you've heard this message, bear with me this morning. Maybe you'll learn something new. <clears throat> but the message this morning I've titled, Be Not Troubled. Be Not Troubled. And again, as, as we think of the things around us, we, we look at the world around us. The things that we've experienced in the last year to year and a half, however long this COVID thing has been going on, you know, what, what is our thoughts? What has come into our, our minds as we've been going through this time in the last year to year and a half? Has it been something that has troubled us? Has it been something that uh, you know, we wonder, well, <clears throat> what is the world coming to? Because this is a situation that uh, we hear is a, a worldwide thing. And so how does it affect us? How, how do we let it affect us? What is our thoughts about it? But as I was thinking on these things, meditating on this, and then the message, the verses that kept going through my mind was in relation to be not troubled. And we can find the, these verses in, uh, in John. And, and I have them jotted down here. You don't need to turn there. I'll give them. But in John 14, 1, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And if you read the passage before, the chapter before, it's the chapter where Jesus is talking about what is going to happen to him, his upcoming death. But through that, he was telling the disciples, he said, now don't be troubled. He said, let not your heart be troubled. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. But then he goes on to explain then and say more. And he is saying about, you know, I go to prepare a place for you. And so, you know, as we look at those things and what God had planned there, 
even to the point that when Jesus knew his time was coming to an end and the disciples would have been thinking about now what what's going to happen now you know Jesus goes off of the scene what's going to happen you know is this all going to end and yet yet he goes on to say but you know my father has things prepared and says to, so don't worry and then in John 14, 27, he says, Peace, I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so here again, he, uh, we, we hear the words, To let not your heart be troubled. And I don't know about you, but you know, to, through the things that we've been through in, in the past year, you know, we can look at it and we can say, but it's been troubling. It's something that has unsettled us because it's something we're not used to. We, 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 we like things just rolling in a, a normal pace of life. And, and when anything disrupts that, admit it, we get a little disturbed. And maybe some of us a little bit more disturbed than we should. But we do. But Jesus is saying, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be worrying about these things. And the reason is, we've got to remember, He is in control. John 16.33 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so we, we hear the words peace. We hear the words of not being troubled. And you know, what should that do for us as Christians? How should that affect our lives? Yes, we, we, we go on and through life. We, we do our normal routine. We do our normal things, our daily work, whatever it might be. We continue on. And yet we look at the things around us and we start seeing how it might just be affecting our lives and, and sometimes it may take us out of our comfort zone. And it's just not very pleasant. And yes, we do get disturbed. We do get worked up about things. Uh, let's admit it that, you know, if you're like I am, you're as human as I am. And, and these things come along and, and you know, we, we start thinking, well, what's going to happen next? How is this going to affect us in, a long, in the long term? And yet when we look at God's Word and He is saying, there's no need for you to be troubled. There's no, no reason for you to be unrestful. He said, just trust. Just trust. Because these things are in His hands. These things are taken care of by Him. And so why do we need to be worrying and why do we need to trouble, be troubled about these things? And yet we do. And yet we have the comfort of the Scripture, that when we read these Scriptures, they should bring us comfort in knowing that we have that peace that the world doesn't understand. You know, as children of God, we have the peace that the world doesn't know anything about. And so are we trusting the Lord? Are we trusting God? through these times or through other times in our lives, not just this time. And so I want to look for the main part of the message here this morning from Matthew chapter 24, if you want to turn there. 
Matthew 24, 1-31. I want to read this at this time. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he said upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? <clears throat> you know, here's the disciples. They had some questions for Jesus. First off, they wanted to show him the magnificent temple and the buildings there. And he, they was pointing it out and saying just how wonderful this is. But Jesus said, but, but he said, I want to tell you something. He said, the day is coming. He said, there's not going to be one stone left upon another of those buildings. He said, they're going to be thrown down and destroyed. And you know, for them, for their thoughts of the temple and, and being able to go to the temple, they might have thought, well, how is this going to happen? And, and they, they did think that. Because then they came to Jesus. After Jesus had, had said that, they came to him privately and they said, you know, tell us. He says, when, are, when shall these things be and what shall be the coming the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world and you know i thought about those questions that they asked jesus there and what did they understand of jesus about jesus because they wanted to know about his coming and jesus hadn't left the earth yet there was different times that he had spoken to them of his departure out of the world and so, you know, were these things in, in, in their minds that the time is coming, that Jesus is going to be gone? And so they wanted to know, say, okay, so Jesus, you said about the temple. He said, when are these things going to happen? And, and then they said, you know, and what is going to be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Now, as I, as I pondered this, and looking at the verses just prior to that, Jesus didn't say nothing any more than the destruction of the temple that we read. Now, maybe he had more conversation there with him than what we realize. And so I'm not sure why they ask him these questions, other than they want to know when is the temple going to be destroyed. And, you know, we likewise, we ask questions too. You know, through this time that we've been going through here in the last year, a little over a year, our question has always been is, when's this going to end? You know, we, we want to know, when's this going to end? <clears throat> and yet we're living in a world today that is Jesus, their questions there is prevalent for us today. Yes, their questions want to know when this is going to take place, when Jesus, what is the sign of his coming and end of the world. Those are questions we still ask today. The one has already been answered. And that was his prophecy of the destruction of the temple. It did happen. That's already happened. If you know your history, believe in about A.D. 70, the destruction of the temple totally destroyed so they asked these questions and in the next verses that we read 
Pay attention because Jesus answers each one of those questions. Then Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of war. See that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We hear the words there again, be not troubled. But he said, the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places. And all these things are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deceive, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountain. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. And woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. But pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days shall be shortened, there shall be no, no flesh shall be saved, but for the elect's sake shall those days be shortened. Then if any man say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. And there shall rise false Christs and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Behold, I have told you before. Wherefore, if they say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there shall will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in the heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven <clears throat> to the other. So I don't know what you think when you read this passage. Maybe it's one that bothers you a little bit. Maybe it's one that makes you nervous. Maybe it's one that you shy away from. I remember some time back preaching from, from this passage, a different message. <clears throat> and afterwards there's Someone from the congregation came and told me, he said, they, uh, they get nervous when they hear a sermon from that passage. They said, I don't like the thought of persecution. Things just being in unrest, they said, I don't like that. 
But I'm here this morning to say that those things are part of what we will experience until the Lord returns. And as we look at this here this morning, I want us to have in mind not to let our hearts be troubled. Because as we look around us again, as we look at the chaotic world and the way that things are going. You know, we, we look at the COVID situation and we, we, we look at that as how it's affected life. And how it's affected the world. And yet, when, it's, when that is over, what might be next? What might be next? And, and as we look at this passage here, I think it bears some witness to the things that we're going through. And yet it's things that we don't need to worry about. We don't need to be troubled. And so we start here. And Jesus said, well, he answered the question. And I found it interesting that he answers that question when they, when they ask those three questions. But Jesus came off and his answer was, take heed that no man deceive you. And we will find that repeated throughout the New Testament scriptures. And that is deception. Not to be deceived. And in this passage here, I think I found the word deceived four times. Jesus mentioning it here, not to be deceived. And the other three times is mentioned of false teachers and false prophets. Of deceiving people and so Jesus said take heed that you be not deceived so how serious is that what is deception and we might say well what is deception and are we are we capable or able being deceived? Can it happen to us? Because Jesus said, be careful and take heed that you be not deceived. And he goes on then to say, for there will be many that come in my name saying I am Christ and shall deceive many. And when we read a little later, that there will be false prophets that shall deceive many. There will be those that shall arise false Christs and false prophets and shall by great signs and wonders in as much as possible they would deceive the very elect. And so it is possible to be deceived. And so how do we know whether we're being deceived or not? Or how do we know that there are things that are happening that can deceive people? You know, and I had to give that some thought because... You know, what are some things that, that could lead us astray? You know, there this morning in our Sunday school, in the men's Sunday school class there, you know, we was talking about Jesus manifesting the light. And He is the light. But we also mentioned about Satan that presents himself as an angel of light. And if he is able to do that, is he able to deceive people? Which we know the answer is yes. And so Jesus gives that warning of not being deceived. But the question I would have here this morning is, 
Yes, we do not want to be deceived. And so how do we keep from deception? A question I would have, a thought I would have, and that is, what do we allow into our homes? What for books do we allow in our homes? Who are we listening to? You know, even today in the world, even in the secular preaching, we might hear some preaching and we might say, well, that sounds good. And what that person had to say, that you know, they're, they're on target. But does everything they preach line up with the Scripture? Amen. And so we need to be careful. And maybe some of the books that we would have, we might, we might say, well, they've got some good counseling. They might have some good things to, to, to direct us. But are there things that are slipping in that have a way of weakening us down? Because maybe it sounds good. You know, maybe it sounds good and it does make some sense. And yet we need to be careful. But Jesus goes on to say then, He said there are many will come in His name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. And I thought about that verse a little bit because He mentions it again in verse 23. He said there will be those that says, but here is Christ. He said, believe it not. And so there are those that come and says, well, I am Christ. You know, I don't know that any of us here, maybe we have, maybe there's someone here that has met someone that would profess they say that they are, they're Christ. They're Jesus. And yet there have been those in the past, there have been those in the past that have been able to work their way into the church, into people's lives, and have led them astray. But as I thought of this verse here, he says, I am Christ. Could we also say, and, and I hope I'm not doing injustice to the Scripture here or saying something I shouldn't, <clears throat> but what about those around us that profess to say, but I am a Christian? And have we ever thought of that? Because we know that in Scripture, Jesus says not everyone that says, that I am that I am God of, of Christ is a Christian. And so I think that is one one area that we need to be careful in. And that that is accepting everyone that comes in and says, but I'm a Christian. And yet when we see their lives, they do not they are not matched up to the Word of God. And you might say, well, brother, you're being judgmental here this morning. Well, I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm trying to be practical here because we have those things happening around us today. And I think maybe we're just a little too easy to accept everyone in. And then what does it, then what happens when those, those kind of people are are among us.
You know, we want to be a good witness. We want to be helping people and believing people. <clears throat> and yet, if, if they're not living by the Word of God, then, then where are they? And then Jesus goes on then. He says, and there's going to, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. And, but he said, but be not troubled. He said, all these things must come to pass. And he said, nations going to rise against nation and kingdom against kingdoms. He said, there'll be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. And all these things are the beginning of sorrows. Well, we can look around us. We can read the, the news, the newspapers, and we can uh, follow through what's happening in the world around us. And what about the, the, uh, the famine? You know, that's something if we follow through CAM's papers that we get, uh, you know, the work they're doing in, in helping in these countries that are, that are starving countries, helping the needy, you know, the famines that's out there. The pestilence. You know, what is that? What is pestilence? You know, a lot of times I think we, we think of pestilence as, oh, they're these little bugs and things that gets in our ways and we don't like them because, you know, they eat up our garden and whatever. That might be some of it. But pestilence also has to do with plagues. Plagues. And so we might say, well, COVID, is it a plague? It's a worldwide pandemic, they say. But is it? And if it is, it's something God has allowed. And we will see more of these things. We'll see more of these things. Earthquakes in diverse places. Again, read the newspapers. Places that never heard of an earthquake. Wars and rumors of wars. I don't know how many have read the paper, kept up with the news lately, and what's happening in Israel. But you know, right now, they've got some major fighting going on. And, you know, we can read that, and we can say, but, you know, how is that affecting us? How is that affecting the world? But Jesus said these things are going to happen. But he said, don't let it trouble you. You know, I, I, I read the article in the paper yesterday to see what was happening over there. <clears throat> and you know, I don't know about you, but for me, when I read these kind of things and I read the Scripture and I see these kind of things are taking place, it's just telling me that the time for the return of the Lord is getting closer. And we're to be encouraged to be, to be looking up and not be worried about what's happening around us. But he said, these, these are the beginning of sorrows. You know, somebody asked me that question after this COVID thing came out, and they, they asked me the question, they said, well, do you think this is the beginning of sorrows? I'm not here to answer that question, yes or no. <clears throat> it could be. Because we don't know what might be next.
But he goes on to say then, he says, you're going to be delivered up and afflicted and killed for his name's sake. And you know, is, is that what matters to us? And that is that we are living for Jesus. And that yes, we might face some things in this world that's going to test us and try us. And are we going to be willing to stand up for the name of Christ? You know, Mark had a, a story read there this morning in the Sunday school of one that was persecuted for his faith. You know, Jesus said, you're going to be hated for my name's sake. How are we going to come through? There are going to be many false prophets that shall rise and shall deceive many. And that should cause us concern when we hear that. Because we would have to ask ourselves a question. Is it possible for me to be deceived? Is it possible? <clears throat> and you know, we can look around us and we can see where people are leaving the church today. And we can ask the question, why? Why is it people are leaving? And is it possible for those that have, that have set where you're sitting here this morning, is it possible for them to be deceived to the point of giving up? And yes, it is. Yes, it is. An example of that is of a young lady that sat where you sat this morning. They came to the place in her life and she says, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. And she threw it all away. To the point where she has cut her hair. It is now dyed blue. And she has a nose ring. And yet she had the very same teaching that we have here this morning. The same opportunity. So why give up? What led her astray? And others, there could be more that we could mention. And so yes, I believe it is possible to be deceived. But if we hold to the truth of God's word, if we follow God's word, and we know what the truth is, if the next verse says, but because the because of iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And you know, as I thought of that, it seems like, okay, so does that mean that the love of many, does that mean that with the individuals here this morning, those around us, does that mean that the time being as they are, will be, that love for each other is just going to grow cold? Yes, it could mean that. It could mean that there are those that profess to be Christians that because of the situations in the world and the way it is that their love for God is no more. Their love for the brethren is no more. But also, it speaks here, and I believe, and we can find this in, in 2 Thessalonians 2.10. You don't need to turn there. But that speaks of the love for the truth. And I believe that's what's being said here. 
that the love of many shall wax cold. The love for the truth is just going to wax cold. And there's so many in the world today that does not want to hear the truth. The truth of God's word. What is truth to you is not truth to me. I have my belief in truth. You have yours. But that's not true. Truth is what is on in God's word. That's what's going to stand. That's what will be. But yes, there is a time that truth, the love of truth will, will grow cold. And we see that happening around us today. And then he goes on to say too, and then the, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And as we think of troubled hearts and let not our hearts be troubled, let's be encouraged that Jesus says, but he that is faithful to the end shall be saved. We have that promise. That's an encouragement to us. Knowing that we live for Christ. We make it to the end. The reward will be there. And we can see that in, in Revelation. If you would look at Revelation and read about the seven churches. Those that endure to the end. It's always mentioned there. Those that endure. And Jesus is saying the same thing here. And, and, and that's one thing I failed to say on at the earlier start of the message. And that is that when I look at this. As I look at this passage, all in a nutshell, what is said in Revelation and in Daniel, Jesus has said in these short verses here. You can get the bigger picture if you want to read Revelation and the book of Daniel, the prophecies. And we see that then in the next verses. But he also mentions about the gospel being preached in the world. He said, my gospel is going to be preached everywhere. He said, all nations... And today, with the, the modern technology, recently I heard that with the modern technology, it is possible to have all the languages in the world reached with the gospel. Through the, uh, I believe it was the Wycliffe, Wycliffe uh, translators, I believe it was. And they said it's possible. So how close is it that we're getting to the return of the Lord? You know, we should get excited about that. But he said, and when, and he goes on to say that, you know, these things are going to happen, and when, therefore, you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel the prophet. Again, if you read Daniel, you know, for these Jewish men here, the disciples, they understood what Jesus was saying here. Because they, they had the temple. They knew the temple. And they knew Daniel. And he was speaking of the abomination of desolation. In other words, in the end times, getting towards the end, he said there is going to be one that is going to defile the temple. And he says when he enters that temple, he says now start taking notice. He says when that happens, he said the end is getting closer. And that, was, that is prophesied. And so when you see that happen, he said the time is getting closer. And then he mentions too then, the next verses about 
When these things happen, he says, those that are in Judea, flee to the mountains. Those that are out here, he said, don't return. He said, things are going to start happening. But he says, except, and he speaks of the tribulation. He said, it's a tribulation that has never been experienced before. It was never be after that. And we know that is what we, I believe we would <clears throat> understand in Revelation is a great tribulation. But it's, it's not going to be a pleasant thing. And you know, we, we might shy away from reading these things because we don't like what it says, because we don't like to be disrupted. But he says, but that tribulation is going to come. But he said it's going to be such a tribulation as never has been since the beginning of the world and never will be after this. And he said, and except the days should be shortened, there will be no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, he says, those days will be shortened. And now what he means of all of that, I'm not here to say exactly. But we know that God cares for his people. And that he cares for them. He is looking out for them. And so when he sees these, knows these things is happening, he says, but you know, I'm still going to make a way for my people. And so we don't need to worry about, well, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? It doesn't matter. Because God will be with us. But then he comes on and says again about those that are able to and possible to deceive. But he says, and after this, he said, then if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is Christ. Believe it not. Because he said there'll be false Christ and false prophets. And he said they'll even be able to do miracles and great signs and wonders. And you know who of us wouldn't believe something like that? That if we could see somebody do something miraculously, wouldn't it be possible that we'd probably say, this, this person's got to be of God because they're able to do it. We need to know and understand the counterfeit. And can people be deceived? You know, there's been, throughout the past years, Predictions when Jesus is going to return. And you know, every time you read those, I don't know about you, but if you, if, how it makes you feel, you start reading those, do you start thinking, well, what can I be doing because Jesus is going to return? I want to be sure I'm ready. Do you start thinking that? Or do you start thinking, how ridiculous can this person be? Because Scripture has said, no man knows when that return is. And so there's no predictions can be made. But can we fall into that? Can we fall into that trap of believing that? How many here this morning remembers the 88 reasons that Jesus was returning in 1988? How many, how many can remember that? We have a few here. There's some younger ones here that don't remember that. But even at that time, there were those within the church that believed Christ was going to return. To the point, they sold their houses. To the point, 
to up their wedding date so that they could be married before the Lord returned. I see one person nodding their head and I think they know where I'm coming from. <laughs> but that happened. And so is it possible to be deceived? Yes. Do we need to be deceived? No. Believe what God says in His Word. And we don't need to worry about it. So when we hear these predictions, we know that someone is off, off the end because there's no way. Because if we believe what God has said in His Word, we know that there will be things that are happening. Now, can I stand up here and tell you all what's going to happen? How it's going to happen? No, I'm not going to do that. Will I preach to you from the book of Revelation? Absolutely, I will. Do I understand it all? No. But there's things there that we can learn from Revelation and Daniel. And if we start looking at it, we might not understand everything, but it's things that are going to happen. And yes, can I look at the, the chaos that's going on in Israel right now and say, you know, maybe that's setting the stage for something? Absolutely. It could be. We don't know. But God does. But He did go on to say then that after the tribulation of the things that will happen, again, if you want to know more on these things, read Revelation and Daniel. But we know that He will return. And so He answered their questions. He answered their questions, but one thing He said in there, but He said, but be not troubled. And that's what I want us to keep in, in, in our hearts here this morning. That as we think of the things about us, the things that are going on around us, the chaotic world that we're in, let's not be surprised it's going on like that. God said it's going to happen. But He says, but do not be troubled. <clears throat> and so some things I just want to look at here just, just briefly here in closing. And that is, there is about nine warnings or nine negatives that he gives in this passage. First, he says, be not deceived. So in other words, deception is possible. Be not deceived. Two, he speaks of wars and rumors of wars. But he says, don't be troubled about it. Three, he says there'll be famines and pestilence and earthquakes you know, we've, we might be experiencing the, some of those things right now. But do we need to worry about it? He says, be not troubled. He says, there'll be betrayals. There'll be false teachers. Six, the love of many shall wax cold. The love for the truth, it will wax cold. The prophecy of Daniel... He says, when you see these things, he says, when you see the abomination of desolation, he says, read and understand. Then there be false Christ. Those that says, here's Christ. You know, he's, he's over here in the wilderness. Or he's over here, you know, in a meeting place. He said, you know, well, let's go hear him. 
He says, no, don't even believe it. And he speaks of the tribulation that will take place. And yes, we can read those things and we can concern ourselves and, and maybe just get a little nervous and a little afraid. And yet he didn't leave it that way with us. He left some encouragement also. One, he says, he says, be not troubled. We read that in verse 6. He says, be not troubled. Two, those that endure to the end shall be saved. Those that truly hold to Him and His Word, they'll receive the reward in the end. Those that overcome. The Gospel, three, the Gospel is to be preached everywhere. It's not the will of the Father that any should perish, but it all should come to the knowledge of Christ. So always given that opportunity to hear the Gospel. Whether it's here in Harrisonburg, whether it's in Raleigh Springs, whether it's in Africa, whatever places might be that may have not heard the gospel yet, it says the gospel is going to be preached everywhere. We need to believe that. Four, this seems very small, but he says, but I have told you. Verse there where he says, but I have told you these things. You know, he didn't just leave you on a guessing game. He didn't leave us on a guessing game. He didn't leave the disciples on a guessing game. He says, I've told you these things. So we know they're true. By Jesus himself. Then it speaks of God's care for his people. You know, unless the days would be shortened. He said there'd be no. But for the elect's sake, he said they will be shortened. Again, I don't have the full knowledge of what that fully means. But he cares for his people in all these situations. And then, and they said, you know, what will be the sign of your coming in the end? And you know, the last verses there, he said, you know, when these things happen, he says, then shall the Son of Man be seen coming in the clouds with the angels. And you know, that brings about the end. So do we need to be troubled? Do we need to be worried? You know, He's given us in His Word what He wanted us to know. All that we needed to know. And we can rest in that. We do not need to be troubled. We do not need to be worried. And in closing, in Luke Chapter 21, there is a magnificent verse there, if I can call it that, a precious verse. <clears throat> and it's a verse that goes right into the same account that we read here in Matthew, the same account that is here in Luke. Take time to read that. But here is the verse that he ends up with in Luke. And I've wondered, why couldn't that have also been put in Matthew? But in Luke 21, verse 28, the same account here is given. In verse 28, then, is a verse. And it says, And when these things began to come, become, begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. 
What more encouragement do we need here this morning that we don't need to worry and fret about the things around us? Because if these things are happening, let us take courage to know that Jesus' return is getting closer.